And uh, so let's go ahead and pray, Lord. We just thank you for this time where we get to get in your word. We thank you that your word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord God, give us ears to hear today. I pray, Lord God, that this word would take root. Lord, that we are excited for what you're doing in our heart. We don't focus on the negative or what's lacking, but we focus on what you've done. And we are thankful and grateful. We come together grateful tonight. You've taken us through some things that it looked like we couldn't get through, but somehow you did. There have been times, Lord, we didn't know if there was a way out, but you made a way. There was times when we didn't know how that bill was going to get paid, but you paid it, Lord. Lord, you ultimately paid the price on that cross, Lord. And we are forever thankful. So let us have that grateful feeling inside of us today that we honor and reverence you. We don't take it for granted that we're able to come together and fellowship. We don't take it for granted that we have a roof over our head, that we have a vehicle that got us here. Somehow we got here tonight. And Lord, that we have food to eat. There are many people in the world that can't even say that tonight. We are thankful. We are thankful for what you've done. You've taken us from glory to glory. You've been faithful, God. And we just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're just going to go through, I think, let's see here. Well, I do have quite a few scriptures, but we'll, we'll cut it down. I always put more just in case. I want to talk about uh, God's guidance and just the concept of gratitude and trust. I, I always feel like the Lord says that he's always been looking for, and you probably heard me say this before, a people that will trust him. He's always been looking for a people that will trust him. I was thinking of the children of Israel. And when they had been uh, set free from their slavery in Egypt, and when they reached that Red Sea moment, and even before that, some of the folks, how many remember this in the Word of God, they wanted to go back to their captivity. Do you remember reading about that? And, and the funny thing, and the Lord gave me a revelation about that. He said, you know, the funny thing, because people want to go back to what they're used to, what's familiar. But here's what would have happened. If they would have gone back to Egypt, their captivity, they wouldn't have had it like it was. They would have been killed. They, they wouldn't have just let them go back to their slavery. They would have killed them. And this is what a lot of people glorify what the Lord has taken us out of in our past and the muck and the mire of our old life. And sometimes, I've seen this over the years, I know you know what I'm talking about, where Christians glorify their past. Or they think, oh, the good old, everything that was good happened back in the day. Do you hear, you know someone like that? Everything. And listen, I understand, especially when you get older, yes, many good memories are going to be of your past. But I, I believe that no matter how old we are tonight, that our best days are yet to come. I believe that now it may not be the way that we want it or the way that it looks like or the way that we think it's going to be, but in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are going to see him moving around this earth. We're going to see him do Doing a new thing and so you know as much as it's good to have past memories and good things and I'm all for that I talk about things in my past we're also forward moving and forward thinking and our best days are not behind us if you agree that say amen. amen amen our best days are not behind us look at your neighbor say your best days are not behind you amen I'm gonna read these scriptures and you don't have to turn there, but if you have your Bible and you're fast, you can do it. But because of time, I'm just going to read them. It's Proverbs 3. And you all know this, 5 and 6. It's a famous verse. The Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Now, I think that God actually wants us to trust him in every area. In fact, I know that in every area, whether it's relationships, whether it's finances, whether it's your job, whether it's your calling, 
He wants us to really discipline ourselves, especially where we're going. You know, we call this place the remnant, and, and Satsi really drove that home last week, and I started carrying the weight of that throughout the week and thinking, she said, you know, the remnant, you know, you got to act like the remnant. She was right, and she says in her very bold fashion, how many enjoyed Satsi last week? Wasn't that amazing? Powerful. And, and so the thing is, God's going to be bringing in different people, and, you know, it helps sharpen us. We sharpen each other. These are like-minded individuals that are in the battle. But she spoke a word, and that really took root in my heart this week. This is a woman that's come out of communism. She shared her story. And, you know, just what God has done in and through her life and what he's done. And I started thinking about the faithfulness of God and all the times when in my life I thought I was backed up against a wall, and the Lord got me through. And there, there's been many, and there's been times when I didn't deserve it, and there's been times when in the natural it looked impossible, and there's going to be times when people have spoke things over me that if I allowed those words to take root, I probably wouldn't be here today. They said I was going to fail. They said it wasn't going to happen. They said, you know, that, how many people know what I'm talking about where somebody has, uh, you know, put water on the vision that God gave you, said it ain't going to happen. Well, listen, that happened to uh, a lot of people in the Bible as well, including Noah and uh, many folks that had very powerful missions that God had given them. And he's given us a mission, but he wants us to trust him and where we're going. And there's something, there's a, there's a connection between thankfulness and trust. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect this here. Thankfulness and trust. Because when you're thanking the Lord for what he's done, you're also thanking him for what he's going to do. And, and this is very important that we get this because it's a big part of faith. The thing that God says without it, we can't, we can't please him. There's not a lot of things that God is so blatant in the scripture. He says without faith, it's impossible. That means there's zero possibility. There's zero chance. Without the faith, it is literally impossible to please God. So he's letting us know, look, you are a people of faith. What is faith? The evidence of things not seen. Is it or not? It's the evidence of things not seen. How many of you are, are believing for something right now in faith that's not seen yet? Yes. And so I wanted to give a little different version of Thanksgiving because we're thankful, and I, and I spoke on this several times throughout the week on the radio show and different things like that, but tonight we're, we're not just talking about being thankful for what he's done. We're talking about being thankful for what he's going to do. God wants us to be thankful for the thing that we haven't seen the breakthrough in yet. This is, is a monumental understanding because if we think about what this does, this breaks the devil over your situation. It breaks the plan of the enemy. It breaks the wicked plan because if we, if we cave, capitulate, back down, go into whatever it is, if you look at the world and you listen to any newscast, I barely even listen to them anymore. I call them the modern-day prophets of Baal. Sometimes I'll listen to them, but I can't take it for, for too long, Brother Joel. I just can't take it. I'm like, because it's, it's doom and gloom and negative and bad. And yes, you're informed, and that's fine. And as a watchman, I do want to know how we can pray. But a lot of the stuff they're saying isn't even true. So you got to research and kind of find out. I like to go on to some of the foreign outlets. I kind of, you know, read a bunch of different things and different opinions, different views so that I can try to gather through discernment what's actually happening. How many know what I'm talking about? But think about this. If you're in the world today 
and you're out there, if you're somebody that may attend church once in a while, that used to be me. How many of you used to go just on Christmas and Easter? Just be honest around the room. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people in the world that do that. For, for years when I was seeking, I would still attend church. My mom will tell you, I would still go even when I was in sin, even when I was out in Hollywood. I would still make it for the most part to Christmas and Easter. And that's why I say don't, don't poo-poo on Christmas and Easter. I know all the pagan stuff and all that. But listen, a lot of people just get into church on that time. And God will use whenever. The word of God does not return back void. And so if, if you can get your loved one or your child or them into any service, any time, that's a good thing, right? They're, they're going to feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. So the deal is, is that uh, he wants us to be thankful for the things that are yet to come. He wants us to, to be able to get a vision. We've got to get a vision. And, and the vision, I just want to, from a high level, I'm not going to get too much in here because we'll have another night because a lot of folks have been asking. They missed the vision night that we had. But people say, you know, uh, you're talking about different meetings and you're going to have different things. I'd love to see, this is the vision, I'd love to see the church open every single night. I know that sounds pretty wild, but why not? And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be needed because here's the thing. You listen to the news. And you're going to get bad. You're going to get negative. You're going to get all kinds of bad news. But what has God done? He, he's countered the bad news. He's the good news. The gospel is the good news. And so when we're in the presence, I don't care what you've been through in your day or how bad of a season it's been. If you get into the glory and the presence of God, if you start worshiping the Lord and giving him praise, not only for what he's done, but what he's going to do, something starts shifting in the supernatural. The counter to the bad news of this world is the good news of Jesus Christ. His gospel message, the fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. You know, he says, look, some, you've been baptized by water. I'm going to baptize you in fire. That's why we talk about the fire. You can tell somebody that's been in the fire of the Lord. You can tell they're on fire. You can't hide it. Everywhere they go, they're, they're, they're ministering to folks. It, it, it's, it's like a matter of fact in their life. It's a matter of fact, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. He doesn't want us to be over there wallowing on the bad news. It's going to get worse. How many know it's going to get worse? The news is going to get worse. So that's why what he's doing in this time, and I think it's a powerful thing, is he's getting the body, the ecclesia, off the drugs. What do you mean, Pastor Todd, the drugs? Well, not just the natural drugs. I hope the body of Christ isn't on the drugs. But we've been on hopium. We've been on a bunch of stuff that has never been in the Word of God. You're going to live your best life now. It's going to be amazing. Everything's going to be great. But what about living for eternity? What about making disciples of the nations? What about understanding what the message actually is? When it says, by His stripes we're healed, and that we're the body, we're the body. Think about the body of Christ was, had lacerations on it. It been the body of Christ went through. Think about you ever seen the passion of the Christ? There's a good depiction. He did a great job. There's a depiction. Look what by the time I mean, my wife has a hard time watching it. We showed my daughter and she was shocked. She's four years old. She's like, What is this? I'm Jesus. What happened to him? He died for our sins. She was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know what? Even that little, she understands. We're the body. So the body, it's not gonna be like all, oh, you know easy and 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 like like a lot of people have sold christianity amen? amen but the thing is it's worth it 
And you walk in the anointing and unction of the Spirit, and He takes you from glory to glory. And so we're getting off the hopium, and we're weaning off the, the stuff that wasn't in the Scripture that's been sold to us, and we're getting back to the fundamentals of the faith, to the Word of God. The Word of God is the bread of life. You can't get into the Word and have a session and not hear from God. Because it is literally, the Word of God, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. How many know that? The word is living. And so you get into the word of God, you're going to get a word. And the Lord is going to, he's going to give you manna. He's going to give you sustenance. It's, it's the lamp unto our feet. It's, it's the manna. It's the, it's the bread of life. And so when you start looking at it from that perspective, and to live as Christ, to die as gain, and he takes us from glory to glory. And yes, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. I'm not saying you won't have blessings and be prosperous, but I'm saying you put God first. And you know his word, and then you're not rooted in the things of this world. We're like a tree that's planted by the water on the solid ground. Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen? And so the deal is, is what he wants us to start doing is taking authority in the name of Jesus over the situation. You know, I'm trying to rush this here, but I got a few stories I want to share with you. There was a, a tribe, I want to share this, a friend of mine told me this story the other day, and I just thought it was so powerful, he's a minister out in Africa, and he was sharing that there was a, an African tribe, and there was a prominent woman in the village, and somehow she, she got out, uh, it was a, a very remote village that didn't have connection to the outside world, and somehow this prominent woman got into a city, and, and somehow she was out of that village for, for a short period of time, she went on this trip into a big city, Think like Crocodile Dundee, if you've ever seen the movie. You know, totally out of place, okay? And so she, she, you know, she's looking around and everything's just, and she asked the driver, she said, what is that building? And she pointed to a church with a cross. And so what happened was the guy said, well, that's where the, the God that gave his son lives. And so she said, oh, okay, you know, God that gave his son. Well, so that she goes back to her remote village, and she's there in some other uh, warriors from another village come to go and, and to destroy their village and attack them and they came and the, and the village elders and the people they were saying different names of their gods and the things that they worship and nothing was happening and so what happens is that woman remembers her time outside and she was in that car and she saw that she said in the name of the God who sent his son and I'm gonna tell you something they saw angels the attacking people saw and they got scared and they left. And so all the other villages in the area were attacked by this group, but their village remained. And so for many, many years, this goes on. Okay, this is like a long time ago. And so this goes on. And so they start praying and they say, God, we want to know you. We want to know who you are. You sent your son. We want to know who you are. We want to know his name. We want to know his name, right? So this goes on and on. And they're praying every day. They go out and they pray. Well, so this missionary gets, gets a word from the Lord, and God says, you need to go out to this remote village. And it's burning in his heart. And so he's trying to get to this village, and he finds there's no access. There's no access to the village. So he's got to rent this World War II vehicle, which is very expensive and very hard, but he, that's the only way that he could get out to this remote area. And so they rent this, and these two missionaries are driving this old, I think it was like a Russian uh, World War II vehicle, right? Well, they get out there. And the people are looking at them, and they're looking at them, and, and, and it's just they're staring at each other. These were this remote village. They, they were obedient. And 
the guy, the missionary says, I'm here to tell you that uh, God sent his son and his name is Jesus. When he said his name is Jesus for three and a half hours, these people went absolutely crazy. They went absolutely crazy. And they, the missionaries were looking at each other. They said, we don't understand. What we just said, his name is Jesus. They said, for 20 years, we've been praying that God would send somebody and tell us who the, what the name is of the God who sent his son. We wanted to know his name. And you came and you shared the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's a true story. It's a true story. Now, let me tell you something. If the American church would get that excited about the name of Jesus, if we, when we get to a ministry appointment, Brother Stan, I know you know this, when we get to a ministry, and, and we are that on fire, and we remember the power and authority in the name of Jesus, that demons flee in the name of Jesus, that the, 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 the people are healed in the name of Jesus. This isn't some old wives' tale. This isn't some far out there thing. This is proven over and over and over again. And, and we've asked several times, and just lift your hands, if God has ever done a miracle, and be real about it in your life. Look around the room. Those of you online, it's almost every hand in here. And yet they try to tell us that miracles aren't still happening. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God is in the miracle working business. Now, what I'm trying to establish here and do this in a short period of time is we give thanksgiving in all circumstances, not just when things are good. Some of you have been through serious trials in 23, 22, 21. I know people come up to you all the time and say, Pastor, this has been going on for five years, six years. I've been in it. I've been through it. And I'm going to tell you something. I know that we know how that is. We don't share every trial and every test because I don't even want to give the devil the accolades for what he's trying to do. But here's the deal. We get it. We know it. But here's the thing. God is moving on your behalf. He is going before you. He's working it out. You may not understand it right now. You may not fully understand why, but he is building character. Somebody said this the other day. I thought it was so good. Sometimes God will take you in the deep waters because your enemies don't know how to swim. He'll take you to a place where your character is built, and you're like, why? Why have I gone through all this? But then, you know, think about Job, who got the double portion. Think about every biblical character. Think about us being the body of Christ, and, and what does the body do? The body was lacerated. The body was attacked. But at the same time, the body is victorious for all time. Think about it. For all time, the promise is not the things of this world. Although we are blessed and we have the favor of God and the blessing of God, and he will take us from glory to glory. And he gives us a, a roof over our head and he gives us food to eat every day. And thank God, and most of us have vehicles that we can get around. Praise God, we're healthy. In America, we've been blessed. There are many of our brethren right now that are persecuted in parts of the world that are that the underground, the real underground. I know some folks have told me they have just a portion of the Bible, and they read that so much, they know every single word of it. I'm telling you. And yet we have apps, and we have different versions of the Bible, and we have, we've had so much in America for so long. And yet we've continued down the path, going off the moral cliff, to the point now where it's so in our face that most people don't even know what to do. But that's why God is raising up a standard in this hour. People say, why are we still here? We're still here because only an awakening, only a move of God can change the situation. And God cares about souls. God cares about your family's souls. 
He cares about your loved ones. He cares about your kids that are in rebellion that you're praying for. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, the prayers, some, there's a transaction that happens in the supernatural. When, when you're praying, something started. It's put into motion. When you come into agreement with another believer, there's something that happens significant. When you do it, the Bible says, the faithful, fervent prayer of a righteous man, what? Avails much. Avails much. He wants you to keep praying. He wants you to keep standing. He wants you to keep pressing ahead. He wants us to be thankful. I'm going to go through these real quick. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18, if you're taking notes. He says this, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus for you. But wait a minute, Pastor Todd. You mean in the trial, give thanks? Yeah. In the storm, give thanks? Yes. When your body's under attack, give thanks? Yes. When your finances are under attack? Yes. When your marriage is under attack? Yes. In all of it. Because he's very specific here, and God is very specific. How many know God is specific with his wording? He, he would tell us, in some things, give thanks. If he didn't want, he said, in all things, give thanks. A Christian is a thankful person. We are think we we've been we've become we've been trained. I don't know how this happened. I call it microwave Christianity. But we've been trained to think that you know what? If I don't get it right now, God has not heard my prayer. God is He's left me. I'm not good enough. People start wallowing in. I'm telling you, I've been there too. God's forgotten about me. He loves everybody else but me. You start speaking curses over yourself. This is what the devil wants. But this is a key. This is a key. This is a key. If you get this, what God is saying here, he's saying, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Why is it in Christ Jesus? Because God sealed the deal in Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. He, he sealed the deal of the fate of your life. As you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, and his spirit came to live inside of you, he, he, you are bought with a price. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It is a done deal. The enemy will try. You know what? He's attacking Jesus in you. The, the, the storms of life will come, but they, you, they will not overtake you. You see what I'm saying? And so the, the key, here's the key, is when you're going through it, this is the discipline. You praise him. In the middle of that trial, in the middle of that test, in the middle of that situation, I don't know what you got to do. You got to get in your prayer closet, whatever it is that you got to do. But you get away, you get alone with God, and you start praising him. Not for what just he's done. That's a big deal too. But what he's about to do. And I'm telling you, I've seen the faithfulness of God. Many of you know what I'm talking about over and over and over again. In my life, he's gotten me through things that I didn't deserve. We can tell you stories in our family, but we don't have time tonight. My special needs brother. How God put his hand on my mom's shoulder when no one was in the car and said, I'm going to heal your son. Oh, God has been faithful. He, he, was on a tra he had to get a tracheotomy. He, the, Lord, the devil's tried to take both of her sons, not just me. But both of us are alive. Hallelujah. You see, the devil couldn't have me or my family. I know you heard the song. I'm sending an eviction notice to the enemy. Get out. You're not having my family. You're not having my kids. And I proclaim and declare in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are working this situation out. Lord, you're going before me. I may not know how you're going to do it, but God, you're about to do something. And you start speaking the scripture, just as Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness place. Start speaking the scripture over that situation. It is written. It is written. And the devil will be defeated.
Not over some situations, in all situations. That's why he's saying in everything, give thanks. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you because that's who we are in Jesus Christ. We are the church victorious. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's the fire. Somebody said, you know, why do you go to other places and preach? Why don't you just stay at the RRC? Well, th this is the vision. I can't go against the vision God's given us. He wants us to go out too. And I'm going to tell you, I think one of the reasons this has nothing to do with me, it's just that we've said yes, but he wants us to light fires around the country. Amen? Amen. He wants you to light fires around the country. Wherever you go, you carry the fire. You carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have a seminary degree. If you do, that's great. But the bottom line is you got to make sure you're in the presence of God. You're fired up. If you're not fired up, that's priority right now. I know that not everybody in this room is fired up and not everybody online is fired up because I know there's days when I'm down. My wife will tell you, I am a human. I have flaws. I am not perfect. I'm tired of the American church putting pastors on a pedestal. Okay, done deal. Don't worship me. Worship God. Done. Okay, that's why it's okay when we have prayer at the front. Not everybody needs to be prayed for by the pastor. I've been in so many events over the years where people only want the preacher that preach to pray over them. Why? Why? Are they, they, I mean, I understand the anointing, and it's great when somebody does pray over me. I have friends that are anointed preachers, and I love it when they pray. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Some of the most powerful prayers that I've received are from somebody that I had no idea who they were, and they didn't know who I was, but it was in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord moved. Amen. We've got to stop putting leaders on pedestals. The celebrity Christianity is going away. I'm telling you right now, it's not going where we're going. Amen. Hallelujah. God is looking for a people that will trust him. He's looking for a people that will go before him and declare and decree the word of the Lord. Speak the word of life. We can't be a glass half empty church anymore. We've got to be a glass half full. We see the potential. We see what God is doing. We see in the supernatural. We see ahead. We get into the spirit in alignment with the plan of God. And we say, your plan is not for me to be defeated. Your plan is for me to walk victoriously. To have your favor and your blessing. Who wants... I guess nobody in here wants the favor and the blessing of the Lord. Give them praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're fire starters. Get fired up. Get fired up. Where you go, you bring the presence of God because of the time that you've spent in the secret place. And you speak the word of God. And we are his body. We don't take that for granted. It's not us. We're not doing it, but what we're doing is we're being obedient in doing the Great Commission. We're being obedient in going out. Ekbalo, go out, cast out, drive out. That's what he wants his church to do. And we, and I'm going to keep speaking. That maybe we need to put the church victorious on, on Remnant Revival Center up there. We need to remember who we are. It's so important to trust God. I'm almost done. i got five minutes here. Jeremiah 29, 11, very famous verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We declare that over you today who are listening. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're heavy laden, if you're burdened, start getting in the presence of the Lord. Make this a big deal in your life. The prayer closet. The Word of God, getting into the Word of God, not just at church, in your prayer time, in your, your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday. Get into the presence of God and watch your life change. 
Watch, if you're not on fire, if, you, if you're not feeling the fire, and you're not on fire, get into the presence of God. Maybe you don't have a prayer closet. Get a prayer closet. Wherever, it could be a bathroom, a prayer bathroom. You know, for me, I used to go up on the mountain in California, and, and Michelle and I ended up going there. I said, this is where I prayed for you. And then we went there. That was an answer, full circle. God did it. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. Sometimes things take a little bit of time. In the waiting, he builds our character. In the waiting, he defines our motive. In the waiting, he matures us. We've got to stop thinking everything is right now. It's not always right now. So we got to wait on the Lord. Otherwise, it's, it's in vain. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. We trust in the Lord with all our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. We give him thanks for not only what he's done, but what he's about to do. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, I just read that one. Write that down. That is a, a very important verse if you're tired. Come and get rest in the Lord. Get strength in the Lord. Scripture number 6, I'm just going to read real quick. Psalm 51, 12, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Psalm 104 through 5, it says this, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures in all generations. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Why did he put that there? I'm going to stop here for one second. Be anxious for nothing. Don't have anxiety. If you have anxiety, it's not from the Lord. Break it right now in Jesus' name. Fear, doubt, anxiety, those are not of the Lord. We know that. The scripture tells us that. But in everything, not in some things, not in a couple of things, it says in everything, by prayer and supplication, that's making a petition to God. You're asking the Lord in, in, in petition, Lord, I'm petitioning you to move in my life in this. I'm petitioning you for a breakthrough in this area. Okay, so you go to him with thanksgiving now. The next thing, very important, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your heart. There's so many Christians out there today. I'm telling you right now, every time I see them, I think I shared this last week. But, you know, you see them, and every single time you see them, they say, how are you? Oh, man, the warfare is so bad. And listen, I'm guilty of this because sometimes it is constant. But I'm going to tell you something. If somebody's in the world and all they see every single time with a Christian is the warfare, the warfare, the warfare, everything's so bad, so bad, so bad, why would they want to be a Christian? We've got to learn to give thanksgiving not just for the things that he's done, not just in the good seasons, but in the trial and in the test and in the warfare. This will turn the situation around. I'm telling you, the beginning of your breakthrough is when you're in the middle of the trial and in the middle of the warfare, you start praising the name of the Lord. Yeah. God, you're going to do it. Right. Something shifts. It may not happen right then and there in the natural, but I'm telling you in the supernatural, because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but strongholds and principalities, something shifted when that happened. God is waiting on us. We're going to live by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Once again, there's that word, faith. It is intertwined with trust, and it is intertwined with thanksgiving. Trusting in the Lord with all of our heart and leaning on our understanding requires faith. And having thanksgiving is not just for what he's done, but for what he's going to do. There's a promise of God's presence. I'm going to leave you with this today, and then we're going to eat some good food. 
And at home, you better make some good food to join us, okay? Hebrews 13.5, Hebrews 13.5, it says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never. Never is a big word. Never. He's with us until the end of the age. One of my favorite verses, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us. He's with us until the end of the age. He says to occupy until he comes. And so this church is going to be marching forward in victory. We're going to be praising him for what he's going to do. I'm praising the Lord that by this time next year, we will be well into our new, new facility. It'll be months. We'll be there for a long time already. I believe by this time next year, we're going to see the city of Gallatin shaken and rocked. The city of Hendersonville shaken and rocked, not by our might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. God is looking for a people that will trust him, that will be about his business, that will catch the fire, that will be in the presence of the Lord. He will anoint you. He will appoint you. It's not about a name or a ministry. I say that a lot. It's about a people that are obedient, that say, here I am, send me. Use me. Why can't we pray for the city of Gallatin? Why can't we pray for Hendersonville, Portland, Westmoreland? Come on, White House. Start speaking out your city right now. Just speak it out wherever you are. Yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you're going to make a way where there's no way. We see tent meetings in this area. We see altars full of people that weren't in the bars, but they start coming to the church. I, I pray the hospitals empty out because the presence of the Lord is moving. Why not? If not now, when? If not us, who? If not here, where? Now is the time. So just remember this. Not just thanks for what he's done, and that's super important, but thanks for what he's going to do. So I just want to pray this before we eat tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you are good. You are so good. You are just in all your ways. You've taken us from glory to glory. We're still here. There were times the devil wanted to take us out, but he couldn't do it. You have a plan. You have a purpose. We are thankful this Thanksgiving weekend. We are grateful. We have gratitude. We thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands right now. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. Lord, I pray for that young man that needs healing right now in the name of Jesus that's been coming here. He's, he's having an internal bleeding right now. We just pray in Jesus' name that wherever he is, if he's watching tonight, that Lord God, you supernaturally heal him right now in Jesus' name. Bring him back to church completely healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you know the situation right now as we lift our hands in praise to you and thanksgiving to you in worshiping you, not just for what you've done, but for what you're going to do. And I believe right now you are unlocking by the power and the presence of your Son and, and your Holy Spirit. You are unlocking trivial areas, challenges, words that have been spoken. You're breaking those words. We speak words of life in the name of Jesus. We speak words of life over those family members that are in rebellion, over the rifts that you, the devil has tried to cause, the division. We break it in Jesus' name. Lord, go before each and every person in here. The tough relationships, the tough financial situations, the medical challenges. You know each and every request, Lord God. Somebody's going through a tough divorce right now. Be with them. Comfort them right now. Strengthen them in their faith. They're not done. They're not done. Hallelujah. I thank you that you are a forgiving God. You're a merciful God. Your mercy endures forever. 
Jesus, we thank you that as we eat this food and fellowship tonight, and for those watching online, that we will remember that thanksgiving and faith go hand in hand. That we don't just thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're going to do. And we receive that right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I did pretty good, right? We got in a 30-minute. I'm not a 30-minute preacher. It's hard. But listen, God is good. He's faithful. Let's go and enjoy our fellowship time. Some good food. There's a lot of food. I hope you came hungry online. I'm sorry. I can't. We don't have the technology yet to beam it to you, but that might be coming soon. But we love you. You're a part of this community. I, I want to end with this today. Uh, in 24, we're going to be doing meetups in different cities that the Lord leads us to. And where there's different rem remnant contingents, we want to come out and do a meetup and, and just fellowship together. And so we're going to do that. We're going to continue to gather here. I'm praying for church every night in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it'll be worship night and deliverance night and different nights. But God is going to, he's going to fill this place every night. And we're going to gather because we don't forsake the assembly together, the brethren. And I just thank you for every person that still has a calling that they're walking into their purpose right now. You've been showing me this a lot. It doesn't matter the age. They're walking into their purpose in the name of Jesus.